and thank you for listening to the Teaching Math Teaching Podcast. The Teaching Math Teaching Podcast is sponsored by the Association of MathMax Teacher Educators. The hosts are Ava Thanheiser, Dusty Jones, and I'm Joel Amadon. Today, we are talking with Catherine Ye, Assistant Professor in the uh, Atala College of Educational Studies at Chapman University. We're talking with Mark Ellis, Professor of Secondary Education at California State University at Fullerton. And we're talking with Carly Cone Hurtado, Assistant Professor in the School of Education at California State University, Channel Islands. And because we're, we're talking with them because they are the three lead authors of our Teaching Math Teaching No Guilt Book Club that happened this past December of 2020. We read and discussed reimagining the mathematics classroom, creating and sustaining productive learning environments. Every week we did that on Facebook Live and on YouTube and are finally, in 2021, we're finally wrapping it up, uh, that No Guilt Book Club with this culminating podcast episode. So I guess we're really living, leaning on that No Guilt Book Club name. So welcome, Catherine, Mark, and Carol Lee. How are y'all? Hi, y'all. This is Kathy. Um, such a joy to be here with you all. Thanks for inviting us. And welcome, Mark. Thank you. Happy to be here. Appreciate you uh, making this possible and sharing sharing wonderful information about this this book that we worked on so many years ago. Yeah. And hello, Carolee. Hi, this is Carolee, and thank you for um, having us today. And it is a special day on top of us teaching this uh, or uh, recording this podcast episode. It is Catherine's birthday. So happy birthday, Catherine. Happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> and it, it's an audio. So like, you know, we, we don't try not to make anyone shy anything about that. But happy birthday. It's a great it's great that you'd spend your day with us. So. So, all right, before we get uh, too far into this, in the spirit of No Guilt, the No Guilt Book Club, and uh, just in case someone has not read this book, would you summarize uh, the main ideas of the book? Whoever wants to take that question. Since it's my birthday, I'll go first. And then- Fantastic. <laughs> they'll, they'll enhance it. They'll make it better after, after what I share. Um, the very first sentence of our book, it says, in this book, we focus on students learning a powerful mathematics. And um, development of this book came from the belief that mathematics is powerful. How our students have a chance to engage and learn mathematics and, and how they experience it is really important. So every decision a teacher makes matters. And the goal of this book was to think about classrooms and our communities as learning spaces. And every chapter unpacks and provides classroom examples of teachers who are engaging from physical learning space, discourse, chapter two. Um, I'm all, I'm blanking out here because so, so early in the morning, sorry. <laughs> discourse, chapter two, tasks, chapter three, assessment, chapter four, families, chapter five. Um, examples of what this looks like in urban, suburban, inclusive and bilingual classrooms. Um, I think oftentimes we want a recipe for what research-based and excellent teaching looks like. Um, there are definitely concrete strategies, but it's also personalized. It's contextualized to each, um, each setting, to the students and the teachers there. So the book is really about designing rich learning spaces for powerful math. I think that's a good summary of it. Um, I, I also add to that the three sort of principles that we share at the beginning of the text mm, that yeah. guide the work. Uh, the first is teach toward the understanding of powerful mathematics. 
This is the mathematics that's central to really having an understanding of, of the discipline and taking ownership, being able to use mathematics in, in flexible ways. Uh, view students as sense makers with valuable and important ideas is the second of those principles. This idea of, of really seeing our students as competent mathematical thinkers, and it's our job to listen to them, to learn from them and help them uh, learn from each other as they get into what it's like to be a mathematician. Uh, the third is to nurture a mathematics community of learners. You know, learning mathematics is not done in isolation. We're part of a community within our classrooms, beyond our classrooms, within the community. So to really um, draw on that idea that mathematics is part of, of all of us and is something that should be celebrated and, and uh, nurtured within a, a sense of community. Nice. Yeah, I love those principles and, and thank you for I'd also like to add too that we spent three years working in classrooms um, with teachers. So, you know, this was very much um, a labor of um, love uh, with our teachers um, and administrators that um, we got to learn from as well. So um, it was awesome to be able to uh, be in classrooms almost every day. And then um, Mark, Catherine and I, would, we would meet weekly to discuss, um, you know, what we were finding and, and write and eat and drink. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And I guess, so then that leads right into, so, you know, how did this book come along? So, I mean, you talking about like being in classrooms, but where, where did the kernel, where did it start? What's the seed of this book? So we were approached by NCTM. Um, I was approached by NCTM um, with interest to, if I was interested to write this book. And um, I, my first thought is who can I write with that are better writers than me? and in no more than me <clears throat> and are deeply connected to communities. Um, and Carolee and Mark came to my mind right away. Carolee and Mark, um, their research and their, just who they are, they're in classrooms all the time, working with teachers and learning from teachers. And I thought, and I just felt that that was so important. Um, and then we started reaching out to the teachers we knew, to the districts that we we're a part of, looking at teachers that's been identified as being exemplar and being also very intentional of really thinking about diversifying the classrooms that we're a part of. Um, there is a need for us as we're reimagining the math classroom. Part of that work is reimagining who's centered in the stories that's being told. Who are the students that are captured in the stories that are highlighting their mathematical brilliance? How about the teachers themselves? So there was a lot of intention in ensuring that um, I always say that this book is, will always be one of my favorite projects because it's about honoring teachers and honoring students for the brilliance that they have and that they are. Um, so, so that's a little bit of the, the origin story there. And if I could add to that, um, NCTM was, you know, the, the publications committee at the time really wanted a, a book written that would take the uh, professional standards for teaching mathematics, which were published in 1991, and, and revisit those and update that and, and work that into a, a 21st century book that, that was filled with examples from current classrooms that connected 
you know, this, this document that was visionary, you know, back in the early 1990s, if you go look at it, you know, the, the standards in that document, worthwhile mathematical tasks, the teacher and the student's role in discourse, learning environment, uh, you know, th th this was something that the organization had set in place so long ago. And so they wanted that to sort of grow into the 21st century in a, in a very rich way. And I think was very smart in asking Catherine to lead that project. And, and I appreciate that I was invited to, to take the journey with her and, and Carolee as well, who um, from both of them, I've learned so much. And, and as Carolee shared, we learned so much from the teachers who allowed us into their classrooms to, to observe and to learn with them and their students. Yeah, you, you can't deny, if you, you just open up a few pages of this book that this is like rooted in experiences with teachers in the classroom doing this work. And so it just really was a, appreciative of that. And then also when we reached out to you all about doing this uh, No Guilt Book Club in December, one, you're all on board, but then it was like, hey, how can, and, and doing the weekly chats with it and like, hey, how can we include um, all of us? And then how can we include all these teachers uh, as well and get as many teachers as possible and so that was the amazing part of those chats is just getting the experiences of those uh, teachers down and so want to talk about those weekly book chats um, and say well what were some what were some highlights I was pausing I didn't want to always go first um, I feel like it's harder to go second and third um, okay thanks <laughs> I will <laughs> um my highlight was having the teachers come on. It's, um, I feel that in our community, we need to highlight um, teacher expertise more. I, it was so joyful to, um, to have them be a part and share out their knowledge and to share out their experiences with the book, but also just their rich teaching knowledge. Um, the challenges that they face right now, teaching during the pandemic, um, and just honoring their voice, honoring their expertise. Um, many of them have, um, have talked to me since and talked about how extremely special this is. So, it, so thank you for that. Yeah, I would say something similar to that. Not only the chance to, to have Catherine and Carolee together, to have the three of us you know, together in, in some of those was wonderful. But, but to see the teachers and to hear from, from them what they're doing, um, what the participation in, in this project meant to them, and to realize you know, just how incredibly hardworking and committed to students they are. Um, of course, we knew that when we asked the, them to allow us into their classrooms, but it's always you know, wonderful to have a chance to, to be reminded of that and to really see them in person, or I guess see them in video, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and really um, appreciate all the work that they're doing. And, and also say, you know, I think something that's unique about this book is it's not just research or theoretical, it is connected to practice. And that was at a central part of the effort that we made when we wrote this book because there are plenty of books out there that can say, oh, research says do A, B, C, D, E, you know, all the way A to Z. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. But as a classroom teacher, you look at it and you think, oh my gosh, I, well, I, can't, I can't possibly do all that. That's just too much. We did not want to produce yet one more text like that. So this book really is, as, as you shared, Joel, it's really embedded in practice. 
and threaded throughout are examples from so many different classrooms of what is possible. And I appreciate that Catherine pointed out in the beginning, it's not that it's prescriptive, everyone follows a formula to teach in this way. No, it's a set of principles that become enacted in a variety of ways because the context in which each of you teach is different. Who are your students? Who are the communities you serve? Those factors have to be brought into thinking about how to most productively create that learning environment that really sustains your students and, and builds on their identities and helps them connect with mathematics in rich, powerful ways. Well, that, that, and just to jump on that, just because it's really connected to um, what you're sharing, Mark, is just when I was on uh, one of the book chats, there was, you know, I think, two or three other teachers and everyone in the, you know, the current circumstances was wildly different, whether it was a hybrid situation or all online or you're dealing with trying to deal with face to face and like still like thinking about how are they enacting these principles and, and, and putting them into play, you know, not, uh, and figuring it out and trying to figure it out and like bouncing things off of each other. And then even when the book chat was over, it was like, they're still talking and figuring things out and how they're working with each other. And then also just having joy being around each other either in the virtual room. And it was just a, a great to see like all these different situations, but still trying to this common thread of, of trying to teach powerful mathematics about caring about the assets that kids are bringing to the classroom and how do we put them into play within their teaching. It was just, I don't know, that was just a pleasure to see and, and you know, just building off of what you said, Mark. So I just wanted to jump in there. Other highlights. I, I also agree with Catherine and Mark that the highlight for me was being able to um, listen from the teachers themselves. And um, on the back end of that, it was very nice to hear from teachers that we've worked with um, in the past, as well as my teacher candidates who were able to, you know, listen into the podcast and hear from teachers who are teaching during the pandemic that here are some things that are possible. I think that it was really inspirational for, you know, some of our teachers to uh, be able to hear that, especially when people are feeling isolated right now. I think that's a great point, Carolee, and, and I'm glad to hear that that's one way that this uh, book and these ideas can be used, uh, even through these book chats. I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit more um, about some other ways that this book uh, could be used with in the process of teaching math teachers. Catherine, I know you don't like to go first, but you're the one who really likes to use this in math methods. So do you want to start? Sure. Um, so I come from the world of teacher noticing that what we look for, we find. Um, so I think I just sent Ava a picture of my children who made me breakfast today. And um, in the center of their bagel of, of my avocado toast is a heart-shaped um, um, watermelon radish. And I share this is because um, as, as teachers, as folks in the math education community, we've been, um, we've learned to look at math and to look at math ability in certain ways. And the book was written in ways that can allow us to notice how each chapter at the end comes with um, a list of things to help us engage in investigation together with others. So the book was written in a way where um, there's a stop and reflect to help us help each other, learning from the, the amazing teachers we were with and from the research that exists, 
how can we look into our classrooms and um, really identify the brilliance of our children? And to honor children's brilliance, there's a lot we need to do, even with chapter one with physical environment. Where we situate, how the room is set up, what's on your wall, how accessible are the mathematical tools? Do students have agency to be able to easily go up and grab it so that it's honoring who they are and math is relational? Um, all those things come together to help the reader start to notice how they can start making small but powerful tweaks to make powerful mathematics available for all and to honor the powerful mathematics that's already available for children and to children. They already have it innately and within communities as well. So the chapters were broken apart so that um, um, working with teachers of mathematics or mathematics teachers, we can unpack these elements of a classroom together um, into smaller parts and see how it also comes together as a broader piece, right? Zooming in and zooming out. I think we really tried to approach it as um, a system that is connected. I know I really like my teacher candidates to think about what their vision of teaching and learning math is. And then how do these components come together to enact that? Um, so Catherine gave the example of the physical and virtual space. Well, um, you know, when you go into a classroom, you can see the kind of learning environments that are, the learning opportunities that are available for students. So how are we creating that space um, to enact the ways that we want students to engage, um, for instance. What are the tasks that come into play? How are we going to have students collaborate around that? All of these pieces come together, even though we wrote them um, chapter by chapter. Um, I hope that teachers and teacher candidates are able to see that it is um, an interconnected system that um, helps us to see the bigger picture of the ecology of the classroom. Yeah, and I think the book is also really useful for work with classroom teachers, um, you know, in-service teachers, experienced teachers who are looking to add to what they're already doing and to add ideas to their practice. Because again, it's embedded with examples of practicing teachers um, putting these principles into their classrooms. And so not only the text on the page, but also in the more for you, the digital resources that are available if you have the book, um, there's some video clips and actual student work examples and, and examples of tasks that bring it to life and um, offer you know, more of a three-dimensional view of what this really looks like. And I think that's really powerful when teachers are trying to get their heads around, you know, what does it mean to engage students in rich mathematical discourse you know, it's easy to say, but it's much harder to actually do that well. And so I think the examples provide some concrete uh, tools when you're engaging, uh, working with teachers, whether as, as a math coach or, or some other sort of professional learning setting um, to help the teachers really dive deeper into these, these ideas and these practices. Yeah, Mark, thank you for mentioning the uh, electronic research. I mean, that was one thing I just kept noticing. One, one, I kept thinking of this book as like orange juice concentrate. It's already like a small book and like it's only what 130 some pages, but it's so packed full of good stuff. But then on top of it, all those electronic resources that you can 
uh, jump into too, like you said, to make it more three-dimensional. Like I can just see that it's being used as a way for, you know, teachers or pre-service teachers who maybe not have been exposed to some of these ways of teaching mathematics. Maybe they had a very, you know, um, kind of sit and get sort of approach to their own math education. And so being able to have those pictures and, and videos and av availability of that sort of uh, to make sense of what they're reading is, is really valuable. So thank you all for including that. Um, what about, so, so in using the book, so any, any tips for work, any just, you know, what would advice you see somebody that's got the book and they're like, Hey, they're going to start reading it. Would you say like, Hey, just be sure to do this or be sure to pay attention to this. Any, any tips for working with teachers using the book? So when, when I'm in my teaching, um, those who know me know that I love post-its. Like I just, I love post-its to, to <laughs> Um, and whenever I'm teaching, when I'm teaching with others, um, we would look at parts of the book because there's just teaching is a learning profession. Mm -hmm. There's always something um, we can do better because um, the context we're in is always different. So what um, I would do and the teachers I'm with would do is we would look at the book is all about self-reflection. It, it has guiding prompts, um, vignettes along the way for us to reflect upon and to connect to our own practice. So when we notice something, it might be, for example, in, in chapter two, it talks about asking purposeful questions and it gives us examples. So a teacher may look at their, a video of their own teaching or maybe just go through the list of purposeful questions and then and notice what many of our teachers often do that some of the things we're really, we may be really good at asking students to probe their student answers, asking the why and the how, but maybe I need to extend to support students to make connections that I want to ask more questions that would have them um, connect their learning to someone else's, connect what they're doing, um, make a graph or a picture or a model of, of, of their solution strategy. So then we would put on a post-it and we would leave it on, right now we're on Zoom, we're Zooming and teaching, it's virtual, so it might be sticking it on, on the side of my laptop to help me remember just one or two and always no more than three for me, what are three things I want to try today? Three little small, but I know powerful moves that can broaden participation and broaden how my students feel and experience and honor their competence beyond speed and accuracy. So post-its for me, I love. Nice. I'd like to add what Catherine said is, um, she said, you know, what are two or three things that I can try? I um, would encourage teachers to think about um, trying those things a few times. You know, sometimes the first time we try something, it's like that pancake that doesn't work out so well, that first one, but then, you know, the next couple pancakes turn out perfect. So, uh, you know, being able to be patient with ourselves as we try something new and listen to the students and then um, keep building from there. I think it's important to to not read this in isolation, right? To to invite others into your reading, whether it's a, a colleague, you know, who's who's teaching at your school site or someone you you've met through, you know, Twitter or, or some other social network, um, or even you know a, a parent of one of your students who's who's you know really curious about the teaching of mathematics. You know, to invite others into this experience so that 
there's some um, way to trade ideas back and forth as you're processing this, but also so there's some um, accountability in a in a in a social sense, right? There's someone checking in on you. Oh, did you try that? How did that go? Um, because you know our lives are so busy. We have so many different responsibilities in addition to obviously being educators. So it helps to have someone checking in. I, I will say this book would not have been written had we not the three of us checked in with each other mm -hmm. in friendly ways, but to, you know to keep things moving. Oh, hey, how's it going? By the way, how's that chapter coming along, Mark? <laughs> um, you know, oh yeah, I'm I'm on it. I'm on it. Uh, so you know that that sense of community among um, folks uh, reading the book and going through some of this work, I think is really important to, to help us um, be more committed to it and, and follow through. I mean, I think we all have the best of intentions, but actually following through and trying it, I think it's really what's going to make it stick. Well, yeah, even to, just to combine those is, you know, like Catherine says, I'm going to try three things and just to share, hey, to your, you know, teaching partner or to your, you know, math coach or whatever and say, Hey, I'm going to try these three things this week, check in with me next week. And just having that community being that sort of accountability person, not for like, you know, in a mean way, but just knowing that, Hey, someone might ask me about this and I want to, I want to actually try it. And, and if it uh, doesn't go as well as I think, okay, let's give ourselves a little grace, but then maybe you have somebody to talk to about it to, to improve it for next time. And having that sort of setup is uh, pretty powerful. And Joe, I want to build on something you just said that's that I think is really powerful. It's this idea of grace. Mm. Um, I think as as teachers are, are reading through books or any any sort of resource, um, it's the importance of reminding ourselves to give each other grace. That um, teaching is hard. I'm I'm in classroom teachers now, and um, most teachers I know are working 12, 14 hour days, and we have conflicting obligations that we have mm -hmm. to meet and I think another goal of this book is to we have lots of questions and lots of examples of teachers who are from from pre-service teachers there's pre-service teachers features in the book to teachers who've been teaching for 30 years mm -hmm. and to highlight the fact that teachers have agency um, oftentimes I think we take away the agency of teachers and they're confined to have to teach a certain way and it has to be very lockstep um, but I hope that as reading this book, teachers feel the power of their brilliance, the, the, the everyday knowledge that they have to make good decisions for their students, um, and a sense of agency, like what Mark said, grounded in some key principles, um, for them to start looking at the decisions available for them to be able to make. And hopefully this book will go beyond teachers, but I really hope that we can get more district folks and policymakers to read this book. So for us to think closely about what we ask of teachers to do and what we ask of children to do. And is it really grounded in principles of um, culturally responsive, asset-based, um, rigorous mathematics? So I'm gonna call her out. I know Ava might have, and I know you didn't get a chance to share a highlight earlier so maybe you have a highlight from the book chats ava that you didn't get a chance to share with because i'm curious what you had to say about that but also i know you might have a question too so i'll put ava on the spot just for a second yeah so i had not read the book before which i don't know why but i read it with the book club and there is so many things that i took away from reading the book 
that even um, kind of already permeate my research agenda. So I'm doing some data analysis right now of a case study and I had not considered physical space. And now I've read this book and I'm like, oh my God, that's such a huge part of it. Um, so just bringing in the different aspects and each of them is just written in a way that I think um, addresses anybody who reads it. Like it doesn't matter what, like if you just started teaching or you've been teaching teachers for a while, there is something to learn. And, uh, you know, if I want to like highlight what I learned, we're going to be here for five more hours. So we're not going to do that. But it is an amazing book. Um, and so I just wanted to thank you guys to read it with us or allow us to um, ask you questions while we were reading it. And yeah, when's the next book coming out? I, I can, I think I can share. I, I would love a, a reimagine the math classroom too. Um, and that's something I've been thinking about for quite a while. And I know I've, um, I've spoken to Mark and Carolee a little bit about it. So right now there's nothing under contract. Um, we do have Ava that's also part of this project. Um, we're working on a K through eighth on mathematics, um, mathematics lessons um, for, for social justice. And we are looking for teachers who are interested in, in, in trying out and piloting these lessons. So if, nice. if you know of any, if you are interested, those of you listening, we would love for you to pilot these pre-K through eighth grade lessons um, and give us feedback and, and contribute to the book because um, teachers are, you know, context matters and your expertise matters. So I know that book is, is something that, that I'm working on with Ava and others as well. Nice. What well, anything else uh, to promote besides uh, you know heading to wherever you get books and, and purchasing purchasing this book? But any anything else to promote out there? I think I'll just mention if if uh, Catherine ha won't um, the the catalyzing change books from NCTM are uh, an incredible resource that are meant not just for for educators but but administrators and other uh, interested folks involved with education uh, about what needs to be challenged in terms of structures and systems of mathematics education that have for so long um, marginalized far too many students and dehumanized their experiences of learning mathematics. And I know Catherine was one of the writers of the, of the elementary uh, volume in that series of Catalyzing Change. So that's something I would recommend everyone, every school, every district have a copy and have book studies uh, around that and start thinking about how those uh, the, the information in those books can inform the decisions that I think all districts are making now examining how do we shift our practices to be more equitable, to be less racist, right, to be more inclusive. And I th so I think it's a great resource in terms of mathematics uh, education. And also mention um, for those that haven't seen, there's a there's a website equitablemath.org, and they published a digital resource called a Pathway to Equitable Math Instruction. Um, although it's the content is geared at grades six through eight, but I think the ideas cut across grade levels, and they have a series of 
of webinars that they did last fall that they've posted the recordings. So that's a great resource as well for, for teachers um, engaged in, in this work. Well, we're going to put all these things that you mentioned on the our show notes page uh, at teachingmathteachingpodcast.com. I believe that's the full address. And uh, yeah, anything else to, to mention out there? Curly, did you have anything? Um, nothing that I want to add yet, although um, it's it's the nice shot in the arm that I need to keep uh, writing on parent and family engagement. Um, so I don't have any shout outs for that yet, but it's in the works. It's on its way. Uh, anything else? Ava, Dusty, anything else for any last words for y'all? Just thank you for the book and all the amazing ideas and happy birthday, Catherine. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much for uh, sharing your expertise and your time uh, with all, all of us and the listeners. We really appreciate it. Yeah, and I, and I just, I was, I'm sitting here and listening to, again, all this brilliance that's happening and just and know how much I enjoyed the book. And just thinking when, you know, Ava, Dusty, and I got together to, you know, put this thing together, we were thinking about what would, you know, newer folks to the area of teaching math teachers want to know and I'm thinking like hey we're exposing them in this you know through this book club to a, a great resource and then we're also exposing folks that might be like how do I interact with schools and with teachers and the way that you all your relationships with teachers and how you honor them and you know highlight you know exposing the brilliance of teachers and then as they're exposing the brilliance of students and like all that's there I mean it's there, there's so much good uh here and just I just I'm excited uh excited to share so just thank you for this great work thank you for all that you've been doing and and thank you for uh sharing your time with us on the podcast so can i just say when 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 you all selected today to have um the recording um i quickly said yes because i cannot you know it's early in the morning for us here in california <laughs> yeah um, woke up, right? Um, rolled over and I cannot think of a better way to celebrate today. Um, because, um, thank you, Joel, Ava and Dusty. Thank you so much for, um, um, I, I'm still so deeply humbled by the invitation. Um, it, it is, Carolee and Mark are, are, in my eyes, considered, you know, we're considered, I consider them family. And the teachers that open up their classrooms to us, um, we're all still very, very close to. So thank you for showing that um, within the work of changing, um, the work of catalyzing change or creating movements, it's really about building relationships and um, providing space for others to share their stories. And our goal was to share the stories of teachers and children. And just like you, you all, you three, um, creating this space for us to share stories and so many other math educators. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. And, and thanks again uh, out there for everyone listening to the Teaching Math Teaching Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can also rate and review it. That'd be great too. We hope that you're able to implement something that you just heard, maybe uh, get exposed to a resource like the Reimagining the Mathematics Classroom and take an opportunity to interact with other math teacher educators.